Yes, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So good to see all of you here today. Today, I will invite you to go to our scriptural reference. Thank God for Pastor Mayvelle and Lady C. Yes, yes. Our scripture reference. Acts the 10th chapter. Yeah, we're going to begin reading at the 30th verse. Acts the 10th chapter. You may find it in your Bible, and I think Brother Carlton has it up here in the NIV. Oh, he got it up in the KJV. Uh okay, I, I printed it off in the NIV. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that means that someone else has to read it in the KJV. You know what, we'll read it right from here. The 30th verse in the KJV says, And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me, in bright clothing. Verse 31. And said, Cornelius, your prayer is heard, and your arms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send, therefore, to Joppa, and call here Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who, when he comes, shall speak to you unto thee. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here, present before God, to hear all the things that are commanded thee of God. Beloved, I call your attention to those words where he says, at the end of verse 33, and it was good of you to come. That's what my NIV says. And, and here it says, and thou hast well done that thou art come. It was good of you to come. And then I call your attention to the words in the end of verse 44. And the Holy Spirit came. And I offer you our subject for this morning. Are we there yet? <laughs> when the Holy Spirit plans the journey. Are we there yet? When the Holy Spirit plans the journey. Turn to your neighbor, turn to somebody, look them in the eyes. Come on, this is when we talk to each other. We get all into the word together. And say, neighbor, are we there yet? Now say, I think it's best. God plans the rest of my journey. Now let's give God some hand praise. Yeah, because he's going to do just that. Hallelujah. Beloved, Acts 10, the whole chapter, I only had you to read and look at two or three verses because it's a beautiful narrated story. Oh, it tells about two men in the Bible. And it starts with Acts 10, the first verse. But we looked at the 33rd and the 44th verse because it's a long narration, boy. A lot happens. 
Well, it tells the story of Peter. And he was one of the disciples of Jesus. He had traveled with Jesus all those years. He had been on earth. So now Jesus is ascended. And we see Peter at home. He's at home. And he goes to his rooftop in his dwelling to pray. He's staying with another guy named Simon the Tanner. But the day before that, see, the story really doesn't start off with Peter. If you look at Acts 10, the first chapter, it starts off with Cornelius. Yeah. So the day before Peter goes to the rooftop, in another town, in the Judean world, still in Israel, Jerusalem, all around there, Cornelius, who was an important and devout man of God, he goes in the afternoon around 3 o'clock, it says, at the ninth hour. And I checked that out. That was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, okay? Yeah. So he goes and he's praying because the Bible says he was a devout man. He knew God, okay? He had accepted. Now, the Roman centurion, he was a Roman centurion. So he had come in with the Romans when they captured all the Israel and Judeans, you know, the Romans were something else. They had a great empire. And I read somewhere <laughs> what brought them down was homosexuality. Hmm. Yeah, isn't that something? Well, anyway, but the, the Rome, he was a Roman centurion. And, but he had accepted the, Jew, the Israelites' God. Amen. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Bible says not only was he a devout man and he loved to pray, but he also gave alms to the poor. So it says about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I think the Jews, do they still pray at 3 o'clock, Evangelist Sheba, do you know? Yeah, 3 o'clock they have prayer in the afternoon. So, yeah, so he's praying and he sees an angel. An angel shows up. And an angel said, Cornelius? And he's like, oh my God, what is it? He says, send to the seashore to a house of Simon the Tanner and send for a man there living named Peter and tell Peter to come where I am because he's got something to tell you. So Cornelius, being an obedient man, sent three men. Now I looked at it, he said he sent two of his house servants and he sent another soldier, another centurion with them because he knew that that centurion was going to get things right, okay? So he sent them to Peter's house. So now the story switches to Peter and it says on the next day, while the men are on their way to get Peter, Peter goes up on his housetop to pray. Now we know this wasn't a penthouse, okay? All right, so a little, you know, a little plain house, you know, mud house. And he goes up there to pray, and it said about the sixth hour, which I understand was about 12 noon, okay? And it says he was hungry. Now Peter was the one now, it's after the Lord has ascended, but he got the amazing privilege to be one of the 12 disciples in the walk with Jesus. He had seen the miracles, and he was also the one that denied him, right? Yeah, and he felt really sorry about that. And he was also the one that Jesus said, Peter, if you love me, do what? 
feed my sheep. Right. Well, it's long after Christ has ascended, and Peter is up on the housetop at 12 o'clock noon, and he's praying. And the Bible says, and I don't know why the Bible points out all these details, but the Bible says he was hungry. How many of you get hungry about 12 o'clock noon? Real hungry. Yeah, okay. So he's hungry. And the Bible says he, in a trance, saw a large sheet as he's praying. Four-cornered sheet come down from heaven, and on the sheet was animals, were animals and creepy, crawly things crawling across the sheet. And he hears a voice said, rise, Peter, slay and eat. And Peter looks, and, you know, I, I recently said it was reptiles, all kinds of creepy things. And Peter knew that there was some hoof, some animals that they, the Jews weren't supposed to eat even though now Peter is a Christian, but he knew there were certain things that he, they just were told not to eat. And so he says, I, I, I know he really said, I, <laughs> I ain't going to eat that. But the Bible says, he says, uh, it's, it's not good for me to eat anything common or unclean. And the Bible says he heard a voice. Three times it told him, Get up, Peter. Kill him and eat him. And he can, but, 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 and so I guess he's just about ready to do what the voice said when there's a knocking at the door downstairs and some men say, oh, does Peter live here? And I guess they asked Peter the, the tanner that, Simon the tanner. He said, yeah, he's here. And Peter goes down. And they tell him, listen, our master sent us, our boss sent us. They say that uh, he told us that an angel told him to send for you and for you to come with us. And now Peter could have said, uh-uh, because these were, gent these were Roman centurions, you know. And he said, okay. So he said, no, nah, because they had traveled, I guess, about 30, 35 miles. And at that time, you know, that's a day's journey. You know, and so they were tired and hot and sweaty. He said, okay, well, sleep here, lodge here, and I'll go back with you all. So Peter, in obedience, goes with the men the next day after he lodged them. And the Bible says when Cornelius saw Peter come in, he fell on his face. He instantly recognized that he was a man of God. And Peter said, no, uh -uh, get up. Get up, I, I'm just a man like you. He said, but I do have something to tell you. Uh-huh. Remember, God had told Peter, if you love me, Jesus said, feed my sheep. So Peter began to tell him how Jesus had come. And the people didn't like him. And how they, Jesus had done all kinds of miracles. And then how he had gave them at the, last, uh, the Lord's Supper. He said, now as often as you take this cup and eat this bread, he said, do it in remembrance of me. And so Peter told him, he said, but he was, he was wounded for you and me. He obviously, because he sent me here to tell you. He's, I thought he just did it for the Jews. He said, but he he told me to tell you that he died for you. And now the Bible tells us that Cornelius had gathered all his friends. He knew something special was about to happen. Some of us we just won't even tell our next door neighbor 
about the good stuff that happens here in this place. Amen. We don't tell our neighbor nothing. We, you know, we're looking at them thinking, oh my God, you know, that woman needs to raise her children better. Oh, I hope she ain't trying to be in my business in my face. So, so we ignore the people around us. But the Bible says Cornelius had gathered all his family and his friends there. So when Peter came in, Peter, they heard Peter telling Cornelius about Jesus. Now remember, we said Cornelius already knew God because he was a devout man, remember? But he didn't know that God had sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life and the story goes on to say ah as Peter was talking the Holy Spirit fell on the whole house everybody everybody there began to speak in tongues and shout now when you see our evangelists going forth and Holy Ghost praising, you see some of us waving our hands and praising him, it's because, hallelujah, we know what Jesus did for us, amen. Yeah, God, hallelujah. She even, I even heard her go off in tongues today, right. Yeah, holy language, amen. And I don't believe this is for form or fashion or anybody's playing up in here. Because we all know, we seem to know that when Jesus touches your life, when the Holy Ghost touches your life, yeah, your soul begins to cry hallelujah. The question is now, <laughs> are we there yet? <laughs> yes, yes. Are we moving in obedience to what God tells us to do? Are we letting the Holy Spirit guide our life journey? Not only when we're in this place, not only when we can shout and sing together. And is there something God is telling you to do or say or go, mm, even if it's just next door? Is it something God is telling you to do and you just haven't moved yet? Mm. Beloved, I believe God gave me this message because he's still wanting to orchestrate your life and my life. He still wants to magnify himself, yeah, through us. COVID had us still for a while. Yes, it did. Had us in our house. Had us kind of bound up. Kind of had us scared. We were going to catch it and die. Amen? But God is saying, to you and me today, I believe that there is still some things in this journey we ain't there yet mm -mm -mm -mm, that he wants to do for us right now on this earth. Yes, and later on. Ah, when we are taking a vacation and there are kids in the car. How many of you have driven anywhere on a kind of a long trip and there were kids in the car? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So imagine, you know, just think of it. I remember taking my son and my nieces and everything to Orlando, Florida, and that's about a, what, a 15, 16, 17 hour drive, y'all. And so the kids fall asleep. They often fall asleep on the back seat. But when they wake up, what do they say? Are we there yet? <laughs> Are we there yet? Any 
anticipation of the excitement. The larger than life cartoon characters of Disney World, the hot dogs and the cotton candy and the new Sheikah roller coaster rides, they just can't wait. Are we there yet? <laughs> I will never forget when we took my son, he was about 12 years old and we're driving, he was one of the ones slept most of the way and are we, are we there yet? You know, and we're driving and driving. We got there, boy, we couldn't wait. Have, how many of you have had the elephant ears? that they sell at carnivals and pig, yeah, and, yeah, right, Disney World. Those are like a large donut, fried donut, and they put sprinkle sugar on it, and you can even get whipped cream wound up on the top, and you can't eat it real fast, so a lot of people get one big old elephant here and they'll share it with somebody. We didn't share ours, but anyway, so, he couldn't wait to get an elephant ear. And so we were all, so we all had our elephant ear, and we're walking and walking, and we get to the high roller coaster. He said, I'm going on that, I'm going on that. And so he got out, I wasn't going on that. But he went on that, and my niece went with him and everything, and they, and, and he said, uh, and he had eaten his elephant ear, so he threw away the paper, and he got on the ride, and they rode, and I could hear all the people screaming, and I'm looking, and when he got down, came down, he was totally covered with his elephant ear. <laughs> Don't eat an elephant ear and go on a roller coaster ride, y'all. <laughs> I want to point out three important things in this story of Peter and Cornelius as we look at the Holy Ghost planning the journey. First, and we need to hear this because some of us think this is, you know, we live in some kind of hokey pokey or a spiritual world and it ain't true and it ain't lasting. But first of all, God speaks. He still speaks. Yeah, he still speaks. He'll speak to you in the midst of the congregation. You'll hear him say something and you'll know it's him because you don't, I tell, I tell everybody early in the morning when I'm just waking up, God speaks and he tells me something I didn't do yesterday or I neglected and I know it's him because I don't talk to myself like that. So the Holy Spirit will speak. Yeah, so we need to know this. And the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter through the coming down of the sheet and the voice that said, rise, Peter, slay and eat. So number one, if we don't leave with nothing else, leave with the fact that God speaks and he wants to speak to you. Yes, he does. Yes, and when he speaks, it's not to harm you. Uh-uh, no, it's to try to keep you from some harm most of the time. And he wants to give you a better life. John, the 10th chapter and the 27th verse says, My sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow. In other words, when you hear God speaking to you through the voice of one of his spokespersons, yeah, it's a good thing to constantly draw into the house of the Lord. God gives the messengers something to tell you. And believe it or not, it's not only for you, it's for them too. Amen. Amen. Yeah, because I have found every time I preach, I'm tested on what I preach. Yeah, the next week. So he speaks. And that's why prayer in a quiet place 
is also very important. You need to turn off that TV sometime unless you're going to turn on the gospel sounds of music. You need to put on something soft music and get into a quiet place. Yes, you do. He said, draw near to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. Once you start tell, talking to Jesus, most of us go pour out our problems to him. He begins to speak to you. You wait long enough, you're going to hear him say something. Yes, you are. He says the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Yes, yes. You want some more life? Hallelujah. Get before God and let us speak to you. Yes. The second thing I hear coming from my story is the importance of obedience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look at somebody and say obedience, obedience. is very important. Say it's better to obey uh -huh, than to sacrifice. Yeah. Uh-huh. The angel told Cornelius to send for Peter and to listen to him. And obediently, Cornelius sends his top men. God told Peter to go with the men to Cornelius' house. And don't think of him as unclean. Yeah, don't think of him as common because he wasn't Jewish. He wasn't, you know, of the Jewish tradition. He said, don't, don't think of him as unclean. I'm sending you to Cornelius' house. And so in obedience, Cornelius goes with the men. People of God, in our midst today, God wants our obedience. That's why we're not there yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it's a hard thing to obey all the time. But God wants complete obedience. And it's going to work out for the better for you. Yes, he is. Our God is in the blessing business. He still specializes in things that seem impossible. Your impossibilities is just God's opportunity. Yes, it is. Well, the Bible says when Peter got to Cornelius' house and he begins to tell this godly man now about Jesus, who he didn't know about, the Bible says he and everybody in his house felt the presence of the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. Yes, let me tell you, something miraculous is on the horizon for you when the Holy Spirit plans your journey. Yes, it is. Now, that was miraculous for Peter because he thought nobody could speak in tongues who accepted Jesus but the Israelites. Yeah. And here he's seeing everybody in the house, even little, what's her name? Even little Riley was holding aside and jumping and shouting, hallelujah. Yay, everybody was speaking. <laughs> in tongues don't you want the whole package for your journey today yes i need to tell you the story of a retreat and how i start thinking things were unclean and i start figuring out what i was going to do well there was a white preacher named louise hayden my cousin, Pastor Maddie, met her at a hospital. She had somebody sick in her life and a very terrible case, and Hayden was there with a family of her church, and she was praying with the family, and Maddie was there praying with whoever was there. And Pastor Hayden and her became, 
you know, they hooked up, they started talking about that they were both in the ministry. And so Maddie went into the other room and prayed with Pastor Hayden's family, the man who was dying. So he invited her, I mean, she invited her to her retreat. She said, I'm having a big women's retreat. This is what Pastor Hayden said, the white lady. She said, the white minister. She said, I'm having a big retreat and I want you to come and come and, and speak. She said, you know, or, or just come and see what goes on. Well, of course, Maddie called me. I was her running buddy. I was her sidekick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And so she calls me and she said, Margie, I want, come on, we're going to go to this retreat. It's going to be over a hundred women there. And I said, oh, really? She said, well, now they're all white, so it's not going to be like church like we know it, okay? And she said, so, you know, and I said, mm, they probably going to be singing. Hallelujah. I said, oh, I said, do we have to go? She said, come on, let's go, Margie, let's go. And I said, it's going to, for a whole weekend, it's going to be so dull. And I tried to get out. She said, Margie, come on, let's just go and see what's happening. So we went. My God. My God, my God. There was a woman on the piano. She was playing some praise music. Blonde hair was running all up and down the aisles. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. That was Friday night, y'all. That was Friday night, the first night of it. Oh, testimony after testimony. We knew we were in the right place at the right time, you know. And so then a woman on Saturday morning got up, and her name was Penny. And she began to speak to us. And her story was that she was at a nursing home. She worked at a nursing home in the day. Her husband was a pastor of the church. And, um, but uh, during Monday through Friday, she worked at a nursing home. And she had to minister things she had heard her husband say to the people in the nursing home. And she always wanted to bring a message of hope. And she said, and I love that I feel so worthwhile there. God has given me this ministry. And so she kind of, you know, spoke to all of us in a nice, sweet way. You know, let God use you wherever you are, whatever workplace, whatever. And we were so encouraged. And that night, we couldn't wait to get back into the meeting to hear the next speaker. Oh, and a Joyce Cannon. Boy, she tore us up. She spoke. So afterwards, it's like quarter to 11. And we're about to go back to our room. And three ladies come up and say, Pastor Maddie, uh, 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 Sister Margie, Sister Maddie. Yeah, they call us Sister Margie, Sister Maddie. Something's wrong with Penny. Please come, please come. And so we all had hotel rooms. And so we said, we looked at each other. Something's wrong with Sister Penny. So we all went up. Now, this was the woman who had talked about the ministry and had spoke the Saturday morning. So we went up there. And in the room, there were women sitting on the side of the bed. And Penny was lying there on the bed, and she was very pale, and she was a, a very white, white lady. Anyway, she had blonde hair, and she, she's laying there on the bed, and she was, looked like as white as a sheet. So I looked at Maddie, and she looked at me, and so Maddie said, how long has she been like this? And they said, well, she didn't come down to the service because she said she wasn't feeling well. And so her daughter was there. She was at the retreat, and her daughter said, is she dead? Is she gone? Is she dead? So we moved over. And I began to feel, I'm going to just be truthful. I began to feel a resentment toward God. I said, how can you let this happen? 
at this beautiful retreat to this beautiful lady. And I began to really feel resentment, but I didn't know. I, was, I had gotten set up for a miracle. Oh my God. Woo. So Maddie, who's a nurse, my cousin who's a nurse, she put her hand, oh, she was looking for a pulse. And I put my hand on her stomach and there was no up and down. And they said she had been out there for a while now and her daughter was crying, she's dead, she's dead. And one of the other girls, did you call her husband, the pastor? You know, the church is about 30 minutes from here. Did anybody call him? Somebody, did you call 911? So the calls would come. So Penny, I mean, so Maddie, I had never heard. I had been ministering all over with my cousin, and I mean, she's a powerful woman. I had never heard this voice out of her. She said, Sister Penny, 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 Penny. And I could tell some of the people were saying, like, you know, what is she doing? That's kind of harsh. And even me, I was like, I move my hand back, you know? <laughs> Penny, Penny. She kept calling. And what seemed like an eternity, but we know it was just a few minutes, she blinked her eyes. And, she, and just as she blinked her eyes and set up, and she looked at her husband walked in the room and he grabbed her. And so we walked back to our rooms. I didn't say nothing to Maddie. She didn't say nothing to me. We were, we knew that woman had died and we were walking. She got in her bed, twin bed. I washed them, got in my bed. <laughs> And we didn't say anything to the next morning, really. We were just, what had happened there? And so the next morning, we were talkative, and we said, going to breakfast. She said, yeah, we're going to breakfast. Yeah, let's go to breakfast. So we went down, and the, set, the morning service was going to be like 8 o'clock, and then they were going to send us home to our respective churches, Sunday morning. We went to breakfast, and while we were sitting there eating, you know, they had pancakes. Ooh, they had a big breakfast. Still feeling funny though, you know, and we're eating. This woman came to us, and she had this long ponytail. I remember that, and she put it over here, long braided ponytail. She said, "Sister Maddie and Sister Margie, our first lady, Sister Penny, is going to talk today. But I just want you to know, thank you for praying for her. Thank you all." She said she really had left this world, and she said, "But you called her back, Sister Maddie. You called her back." And so we didn't finish our pancakes after that because we knew then, yeah, right, that it had happened. And Penny knew. So when Penny got up at that service, she said, I want to tell you all, I was crossing on over. Yeah, I was crossing on over. She said, and I saw a hand. She said, and I heard Sister Maddie, she said, I heard this voice, Penny, Penny, Penny. She said, it broke through eternity and time and everything, Penny. She said, and then I saw his hand. He said, no, not your time yet. She said, but I want to tell you all. Ha! She said, there is nothing.
nothing scary about dying when you know the Lord Jesus. She said, oh, there's nothing scary. Ah, when you know him and you know that he is there waiting for you. And so as she talked, the whole place went into tongues. I mean, everybody started glorifying and praising God. I tell you, if I had missed that retreat, if I didn't, the Holy Spirit has set me up. Yes, and I tried to get out of it, but look at this. I was set up to see a real life, true to God miracle of what God can do. Yeah. So the third thing that God wants, and I'm almost finished, as he orchestrates your journey, he wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Many of you have driven I, I thought about the cab driver who's driven people up to the city, and he said, oh, it's so much to see in that city, you're going to lie, you're going to lie. But then he lets them off, he drives back to the airport. He never went over into the city. He never experienced the joys of the city. God wants you to experience the joys of the city. Yes, he does. He wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit because he's about to work out some miracles in your life that you know only God can do. He's still a problem solver. He's still a way maker. He's still the God Almighty who holds the world in his hand. Yes, he does. Oh, you got to leave here believing, beloved. God wants to, your journey to be planned by him. Oh, are we there yet? God got even some more for you. Hallelujah. Turn it over to him. Turn it over to him. Yes, yes. The inward joy that he will give you. The Bible says in the presence of the Lord is the fulfillment of joy. Yes. And in his right hand, pleasures forevermore. Yeah, you're going to still have trials. Many are the trials and tribulations of the righteous. But the Lord does what? He delivers us out of them. Oh, yes, he does. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. God says, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah, he's going to orchestrate your journey if you just let him. Hallelujah. He's going to do it. Get ready. Great things are about to happen to you when the Holy Spirit plans your life journey. Amen. Amen. Amen.